This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Field Notes brand. USA made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com or 400 North May. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Arnie Niekamp, and he talks to me about his love of television that he finds hard to recommend. I know this may sound odd, but it really makes a ton of sense in terms of uh, what we get into. The two shows that he thought about discussing individually um, before he settled on this kind of broader topic, because he was intrigued by the fact that I can uh, do that from time to time, were Fringe and uh, Twin Peaks. And I think that those two um, are good examples of the concept that he's trying to discuss in terms of inconsistencies, um, maybe parts of a show having to be kind of trudged through to get to better episodes or vice versa. Um, you know, good stuff at the top, but it kind of trickles off. We both discuss the uh, difficulty of letting a show go, even when you can feel that it's kind of past its prime. Um, because what if you miss it, get good again? Um, just a lot, two people talking a lot of TV. Uh, I hadn't seen too many of the things that he discusses, so, uh, there, I probably didn't do a great job of, uh, volleying that back, but we cover a lot of ground. I think this is a really fun conversation. Um, Arnie is the host of probably the most popular show in the Chicago podcast co-op. I, I mean... Not probably. Definitely. Uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. He does that with past guest Matt Young and Ed Orfai and a team of editors and producers and other voice actors. Uh, man, it's a lot of fun. If you have not listened to that show, you're truly missing out. That's definitely what I would like to, uh, you know, make my Chicago podcast co-op plug of the week. The description, if you need one, is that one day in Chicago, Arnie Niekamp fell through a magical rift behind a Burger King and found himself in a strange magical land called Foon. He broadcasts a weekly podcast back to his former dimension. It's so much fun. Uh, it really showcases a lot of the talent in the Chicago improv community. And at the end of the show, Arnie kind of speaks a little to how he thinks his love of TV and of uh, its, uh, you know, episodic nature versus uh, longer threaded storylines have kind of influenced Hello from the Magic Tavern so far. If you want to check out some other shows in the podcast co-op, might I recommend your stories from the Nerdalogs. We just had a great show this past Sunday, and the first half of that has already been posted. I told a story about when I met one of my uh, idols, I suppose, uh, my favorite musician, Glenn. Hansard, um, and our guests that week were the uh, 
fine folks from Improvised Star Trek, and man, did they tell a great bunch of stories along with the other storytellers. Your Stories continues to be one of my favorite things that I'm involved in, at least tangentially, and I encourage listeners to this to check that out. Uh, Arnie has done at least one, if not more than one story for us in the past as well about his uh, work at Jackbox Games, who is a sponsor of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. A lot of CPC love in this intro. Please get their party pack. Their games are so much fun. They're great for social gaming, which is like main way that I take in games. Not that all games aren't social, but, you know, like a, a an accessible game that you turn on and play with your friends and make each other laugh. It's so much fun. Uh, uh, Fibbage and Quiplash, I think, are things that Arnie has a lot of input into. He does all the voice work for Quiplash, and it's so funny um, to hear him spouting off things as you play the game. So uh, if that sounds like fun, Check it out. It's a blast. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Uh, I have some quick live action, not listeny plugs. Uh, Thursday nights at 9.30 at the Annoyance Theater, you can check out the Fishbowl, especially of note if you're a student of improv and would like to play with some Annoyance teachers and current performers. You may get the opportunity to do that. Come over, drop your student ID into the fishbowl and maybe you'll get to play in the show Friday nights at 8 o'clock the annoyance Christmas pageant um, that's Charlie Brown Christmas and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer realized as live action versions with grown ass adults playing all the characters so that's fun Tonight, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, the Nerlogs are hosting uh, what we call Beta at the Logan Theater. It's for game developers and testers to put out new games in their um, not-quite-finished stages. We will have our friends from Iron Rise Games there. We will have Fisticuffs there. We'll have a lot of other cool things to check out. That's from, like, 7 to 11. Drop by anytime you want. It's faux free there's friday night at eight o'clock there's uh some cool shit going down so keep an eye out if you're interested in knowing more about it send me or the nerdlogs a message message for details i think that's all i've got thank you so much for listening to this and enjoy this episode with arnie neekin um, and i may just introduce you do it the top and we'll (laughs) i'll make you explain the topic again (laughs) Uh, my guest today is arnie kneekamp and he's going to be talking to me about his love of an interest in a great television show that may not necessarily be easy to recommend to people exactly there are a lot of tv shows that are excellent Mm -hmm. they're like you want to recommend them to people but there are things Usually bad, whole bad seasons that make I mean, it difficult. Yeah, good TV, good entertainment is really hard to make yes, consistently. Absolutely. Period. Yes. Like, so it shouldn't be surprising. And the nature of television specifically, like, it's going to ebb and flow from good to bad. And we expect something to have this kind of premium quality from the very beginning to the very end. Right. 
and that's very rare. I mean, there are um, there may there I can think of very few shows that feel close to perfect all the way through. Yeah, I think one that people would cite pretty consistently nowadays is Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Although I will say that there are a couple episodes in the first season that are hard to get. Sure, through. I agree. I think that's the only thing that people would say is like keep watching through the first season yes. even if there's things that you think you might turn yeah. you off of it and it's not even like the first season's bad but yeah it, like it goes it's very this, different it goes through this sort of cancer lull where there's yeah. very there's very little of the 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 candy of breaking bad there's very little right. like of the exciting action drama stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like a hundred percent family dealing with cancer that's a little mm-hmm. tough and like you don't you don't really want to have to watch Walter Jr. too much. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> Until he gets relegated to just like awkward breakfasts. Yes, <laughs> yeah, always eating breakfast. Constantly. <laughs> um, but two of the... Sh- okay, first of all, what do you feel like the origin of your interest in this topic is? I think it absolutely comes from my deep, deep almost too much love of television like growing up i watched way too much tv i watched a lot of tv i didn't even like i remember because <laughs> it was on you know yeah I, and there, also there was there were less options exactly and uh it, it yeah like you said it was on it was like on. you just put something on I it and you watched hating it. brady bunch reruns that were always on but i watched it like, i watched every some day. brady bunch when i was a little kid yeah. too um, and then I think that sort of, as I got older, that transformed into like really being proud of myself or finding the really cool TV shows sure. that you sort of had to watch. Um, especially because then, you know, this is very, this is like pre-internet. It was like harder, a harder thing to, to know what discover was things. Cool. Yeah. And it was pre DVR, pre on demand. So like also, you know, sometimes you would just miss the beginning of something cool right. and you'd find out like deep into it. And, it would and be, there's no way to really catch up. Yeah. I remember f- falling in love with the X-Files like sometime in the second season and then just recording it every week, like hoping to piece together the episodes that I'd missed That's and they were so out of funny. order. Um, but the downside of that passion is that <laughs> I became really committed to shows that were started off great mm-hmm. and got bad. And so I, I've watched shows like The X-Files is a great example that really I should have gotten rid of. They were around well past their prime. Exactly. <laughs> like that show is on for like nine, ten seasons and more, almost half of them are kind of bad. The first half... You would, you would always see this is we're already getting into like specific shows. Okay. If you're going to watch this, only watch this part. (laughs) Exactly. But, and so I I finally quit that show. That was one of the first like really emotional quits. Really? Where I was just like, I've stuck with this show for so long. I've even watched, I watched after David Duchovny left. After how, what, like where in the seasons was that? You know, I think there were at least there's there's at least one, if not two. Well, there's at least one or two seasons with no David Duchovny, mm-hmm. and they brought in like different FBI agents. Jillian Anderson was still there, but then I think even Jillian Anderson started being less and less. That's and was, crazy. And I kept watching, and I finally quit like halfway through the last season. Like, and I was so close. You were to cl- the end. I was gonna say. And I've heard that the finale was so bad that. But also, I'm also <laughs> even after giving all that up, I'm. This is this speaks to the the sickness. I am, <laughs> I am excited about the new X Files. Really, I am excited. Thank, probably mostly because it's only going to be six episodes. Okay, that it is seems good. Manageable. Yes. Um, have they? Is it? Have, do they? Is this is just the first season though? Mm. 
That is true. <laughs> you know? True. But if it's always six. It's easier. I. That's so funny, um, be, especially talking about X-Files specifically, because isn't that how um, Vince Gilligan ha- got hired? Is because they got to, like, the second, I think the second season, and he'd been, like, a really early fan of uh-huh. the show, and he was already working s- somehow as a writer and someone associated with the show found out that he was really into x-files and he essentially got hired on the spot because they had to write so many episodes so quickly that they were just like uh we gotta do something like (laughs) and that show is also one where even season i mean even in when it was good especially early on there are a lot of bad <laughs> episodes like week by week it's such a funny like you don't experience it as much now or maybe i don't watch as much network tv so yeah that's now, an important distinction where I think. you know week by week your favorite show could just be downright bad and you'd be like well next week it's gonna be a whole different story and hopefully it'll be better yeah, I mean we talked uh briefly before we started recording about how Parks and Rec is a hard show to get into yeah. if you only watch the first season. They're definitely along with plenty of other shows still figuring themselves out. Um but I, you know, I'm a big advocate of like make it to season 2 and you'll yeah. love it, I promise. Um and uh but there's still times in the life of that show. I think the whole first half of I think it's the sixth season when they were writing out uh rob Lowe and rashida yeah. jones's characters was pretty clunky yeah and uh i think they were just i think that's why the end of that season and the last season were so important is because they were like uh this feels like <laughs> this feels clunky and yeah. weird and they finished that up and then the whole rest of it from there was like great television yeah. in my opinion well anytime you have an end point in sight you know what i mean like sometimes it just gets clunky because you're just you're just like, we don't know how long we're going to have to live with these same characters. Right. We're going to have to have Aziz do the same wacky yeah, thing right. how many times. And how so, many different lists can yeah. his character have? <laughs> and so, like, moving towards the end, even if it's just a sitcom, which isn't like, it's not like Lost, where it's mm-hmm. got this crazy mythology. Knowing that you're moving towards the end is like, let's pull out every big story we want to do. And sure. I think that's exciting. And I'm glad you brought up Parks and Rec, because that's a great example. And that one makes me think... Like, does any sitcom start well? Like, you sitcoms, even more than dramas, I think, you really have to find it. And most sitcom pilots, at least, are just bad. It's a yes. miracle that any sitcom ever gets picked so up. So true. It's a miracle that anyone ever watches the second episode. Like, if sitcom. a pilot is passable, exactly. I'll be like, I'll give it another yeah, episode. Like, exactly. a pilot could be, you know... <laughs> like objectively not very good yeah. and if you have any interest in it you just have to keep trying yeah. i mean i vaguely remember the 30 rock pilot being kind of bad and i think they that they even like reshot a lot of it and i it think just, i remember that too and, and but that's just the, it like it just takes a while to like find well, it wasn't shows. did they shoot any part of it where rachel dratch was actually more of the like jenna maloney character i've heard i remember hearing that they shot a version of the pilot with rachel dratch and then they that's why they reshot the pilot. Man. Um, which I would love to see I think that. I would, too. It would be a, a different show. Absolutely. Not a totally different yeah. show, but but certainly different where her relationship with that character is concerned, where yeah. Tina Fey's. And it's interesting. And that's with, with sitcoms. Like, it's just finding the key relationships between the characters. So, like, 30 Rock gets better when they sort of start to really figure out 
Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin's relationship, yes. right? Like they sort of become like less adversarial. And once they find that sweet spot, the whole show kind of comes together around that. Yes. And everything else starts to fall away a little bit more. Mm. You know, they're all the writing room characters that <laughs> disappear entirely. So true. Yeah. There's still people who every once in a while you're like, how does, why do I know who that person is? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cause he was in the room the whole time <laughs> and he had maybe like three lines. Although the thing I do, <laughs> the thing I love that 30 rock did was in the first season, they had like a character who was one of the actors who was barely ever on. And he was on it less and less and less. And he kind of just disappeared from the show. Even though at the beginning he was kind of supposed to be one of the main characters or, you know, close to it. I remember the character you're talking yeah. about. And oh, then yeah. I feel like a couple of seasons later they had him kind of back for a I while. I think I remember that. And they that. kind of made jokes about him. And they're like, him. where'd you go? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I just think that's great. <laughs> kind of like a uh, when Community refers to the, the gas see, the gas leak season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like the season Harmon wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. I think so too. And and Parks and Rec is one where just like and I've read interviews where they're just like we took the break between the first season and the second season and we're like what's not working and totally retooled sort of the mission statement of what the show is about and it 100% worked. And interestingly isn't dissimilar from what you talked about with um Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin's characters. I think they kind of looked at like what works about this and it's like oh seeing a a competent character uh, as opposed to like a befuddled one. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think that that definitely uh you know made the show take off for me and a lot of people. I think um oddly enough one of the best first seasons of a sitcom I've seen in recent memory is Modern Family. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show after that just kept kind of as at a certain point for me, I granted I stopped watching it in like the third season, I think. Mm. Kind of like retrotted a lot of the same material sure. and became a lot broader because it is yeah. like we were talking about before, one of these big network shows. Um, but that first season was it was really incredible about setting up the characters. Yeah. I you know, I actually never saw Modern Family. Really? It's just I think I've become over the years less and less <laughs> willing to, to sit through a to, sitcom. <laughs> to give a sitcom a try. Like, yeah. I have to hear yeah. that it's spectacular. And there have been few sitcoms that have been more universally praised than Modern Family, so I don't know why I didn't get around to watching right. it. Right. But unless I hear – I actually have straight up stopped watching new stuff for the most part unless I, I – like, a new show premieres and I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. I no longer will watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll wait until about midway through the season – and if I hear it's great, I'm like, all right, enough people have said it's awesome. I'd say I'm similar for sure. It's probably def- it's definitely more the uh, exception to the rule that I start watching very early on. Yeah, I have to be really excited about a specific, you know, like actor, X-Files. I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> that's like bringing something back. But like all the great things that I've loved over the last couple of years were shows that I was had no interest in, and then enough people told me I had to watch it. So, like, I was like, I'm not going to watch this Hannibal Lecter TV right? show. Right, and that's but supposed to be great. then enough people said it was awesome, and I went back, and it's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. I've heard incredible things. Yeah. I've got to watch yeah, that show. Yeah, I was show. like, I don't want to watch a TV version of Fargo. Why would I want to <laughs> right. see that until enough people told Same. me it was awesome? I've seen the pilot of Fargo, and it was so much that I was just like, I'm going to take a break before I watch some more of this. <laughs> and I haven't come back to uh, it. <laughs> I'm currently watching Mr. Robot, which uh, Oh, which my boyfriend so loves that show. Because yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch a show Christian on the Slater. USA <laughs> Network with Christian Slater. No, Nothing about that show yeah. sounds appealing. It's like, I watched a couple seasons of Burn Notice, and then I'm like, oh, I don't need to watch this ever again or anything on this network ever again. <laughs> but I was wrong. And Burn Notice was probably also a thing that had enough, like, 
decent steam behind it that you're like, oh, I'll watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first started watching it being like, I like this actor. Yeah. I like, he's uh, good. Bruce Campbell. Uh-huh. It's weird that this character has a is supposed to be what Irish, and then they just tell her to, like her accent was so bad oh, that they just boy. wrote her accent out of the show. Oh, that's a lot. That, Did, like, was this, unaware of that's that. That's a great example of a terrible pilot. Well, the pilot's not that terrible, but this one character is supposed to be Irish, and her accent is so bad that in the second episode of the show, they have her say, "I've decided to start speaking with an American accent." Stop. And then they, oh, and then they my almost God. never reference it again. I, I think that, that show asks you to accept a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, I feel like I'm getting uh, – I've, I've confused my – I've gotten confused in my own thinking. But, oh, but the one thing I wanted to say, when we're, it's funny when we're talking about reasons that sitcoms don't start off well. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that a lot of the dramas that I love don't start off as well or are hard to recommend is more for network constraints that they really want them to be episodic. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of the things that we've talked about would definitely fit that bill. Yeah, so a lot of, like, great... The thing I love in a great drama is, like, you have to see every episode. Absolutely. Crazy stuff happens every episode. It really feels like one continuous required viewing to be there every week. But most networks really want you to have a lot of jumping on episodes in the first season. So there are a lot of shows that start off pretty, like, good but not great Mm -hmm. because every week they have to have... A case of the week, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the show Justified is an amazing show. And the first season isn't bad, but the first season's a little standard and a little bit boring. I don't know Interesting. if, you, I don't know if I, you've seen it. It's another one that I've heard incredible things about and I've never gotten around to. And then to. the second season, they have the confidence and probably the ability to kind of get away from they that. They have a little bit becomes, more of an audience built in. It becomes amazing. Um, the show Fringe is starts off very much like an X-Files ripoff. And the cases of the week are pretty boring. And that was one that I stopped watching, actually. Really? In the first season. But then I started you hearing... You considered talking about just Fringe. I thought about... Yeah, this is what sort of made me think about this. Because I, I grew to really love Fringe. Fringe became an incredibly weird, crazy week-to-week show. Yeah. But the first season was just a kind of a tepid X-Files ripoff. And then near the end of the first season, they started to do some really interesting things with the characters. And then... Uh, I don't know if you have. If, I don't know if you know anything about. Fringe. I really don't. Isn't it Joshua Jackson on it? Joshua Jackson yeah. is on it. Uh, uh, the sort of the the bad king from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, who, uh, right. Who catches on fire and runs off the cliff? And the the last one. It's, I don't know who you're yeah, talking yeah. about, but yeah. Uh, it it gets crazy. They introduce multiple dimension stuff and. Isn't the, there a line from Parks and Rec where Ben's like, I'm on my third rewatch of Fringe. And oh, I yeah. just can't find any holes or something like that. The character of Ben on Parks and Rec <laughs> really speaks to me because all of his nerdy references, Are, I'm just like, they hit me 100% yeah. bullseye. I'm yeah. like, all the Game of Thrones stuff, uh-huh. all the all the Fringe stuff to a lesser extent, all of the weird board game Sure, I was going to say, I'm sure the game developer stuff fits yeah, on absolutely. pretty well. Uh, but Yeah, but Fringe just became this crazy show. That that more and more, it just became a completely different show about people bouncing back and forth between two different dimensions That's and the nuts. actors playing two different versions of themselves. Really? And then versions of themselves swapping places with each other. So it's like you're playing your doppelganger and making sure no one knows. So you, like you said, you would really have to have watched every episode yeah, to really be able do. to follow And that. it really helps. Like, And they're like laying all this groundwork in this first season that's not great. 
But, like, how do you recommend a show like that to somebody? Right. If you say, well, skip the first season and try to catch up in the second <laughs> season. I, as a television watcher, I would never be able to do that. No, like, I, I mean, just... I'm a completist. So <laughs> Me too. I have a hard time. Sk- even even Parks and Rec, I think you could start in the second season and be fine. But I, would, I, have a hard, I wouldn't do I, that. I, I, I have that. told people that with the caveat, like, but it's only like yeah. six episodes and they're not awful. Like that's true. there's still good jokes in there. Yeah. It's just a different tone overall. Yeah. And that's the tough thing about fringe is the first season is like 20 some episodes. Yeah. And the other thing about, and this may be true with fringe too, but the other thing about parks, I think is that if you do watch it all, I think those first six have good payoff in the yeah. end. Like a lot of, even early on, but even in the finale, there's yeah. specific things that they yeah. call all the way back to the very first episodes. So, But then the, the tough thing about recommending Fringe, <laughs> so it's, you got to sit through a pretty boring first 26 season. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so, not 26, but, but like still. 20. And then the last couple are good. And then the second season's amazing. The third se- season's even better. But then it starts slowly to climb. <laughs> and so then there's a season that's just slowly getting worse and worse. And then there's a final season that is, like, borderline terrible. <laughs> so the dilemma becomes, do you recommend that show to people? Right. Knowing that there are at least two, like, if you, especially if you like sort of character-driven science fiction stuff. Mm-hmm. There are two amazing seasons of this TV show, mm-hmm. but at the beginning is bad, and then, and then it's just going to fall. It's the not going to be satisfactory yeah. in the end. <laughs> it's really that's a real challenge, right? The, uh, sh- the only show that is harder to recommend, but I also seriously love, is Dollhouse. Oh, and you've got Dushku. Be- Dushku, <laughs> who's not a great actress. Very likable, very mm-hmm. charismatic. Love. Did you? I don't know if you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, at all. um, no. Yeah. Very here and there. So yeah, if you didn't watch Buffy, then you're like, there was no reason you would go anywhere near Dollhouse. Right. It's very much yeah. like, and that's uh, a show that took a, a really long time to find itself. Really. How many seasons of Dollhouse were there? There are some, by some miracle, there are two seasons of Dollhouse. <laughs> the first season universally started off, people were excited, universally, everyone was like, this is bad. This is bad. There's almost nothing good about it. Six or seven episodes in, it starts to get good. And it, it ramps up throughout the rest of the season to being very promising and kind of awesome. Despite okay. some, some, you know, pretty. Some, Problems. You have to be blind to some things. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, a finale that is mind-blowingly great. Then the second season, and so everyone was like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if this show that got, somehow got better got a second season? Nobody's watching it. There's no, it's not really even a critical darling. Uh-huh. Somehow it, somehow it did get a second season. Uh-huh. I mean, it the was second on, season what network was it on? Off, it was on Fox, even. Okay, so that's, that's when, what I thought. Yeah. Then the second season starts, goes back to being bad again. Uh. <laughs> goes back to being bad again for several episodes. And then slowly ramps up to being pretty awesome again and has a kind of a great finale. Then they're like, guys, we don't know how this got a second season in the I first know. place. It's crazy. <laughs> Let's just put a cap on it here. <laughs> but there's just enough awesomeness that I find myself wanting to recommend it. But, but it's the kind of thing where not only should I not recommend it to people. But when I do recommend it to people, they laugh. They're like, like, what is wrong with you that you subject yourself to so much bad television just in hopes that it'll eventually get good? Do you have an answer for that question? I'm just a 
just a hopeless romantic when it comes to television. <laughs> I I think you know I think there are just a couple there are a couple like showrunners there are a couple like creative sure. minds that like I will follow them into some not promising and places. Joss Whedon yeah, is Joss one of them Whedon obviously. Of them. I have loved every one of Joss Whedon's TV shows. Eventually, right? Almost all of them start off semi badly. The first season of Buffy is not great. The first season of Angel is just okay. Uh, Firefly is the closest to being pretty great from the beginning, although even it that kind has of, a few. It kind of would have had to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, For, to have the, like, uh, I don't know, fan base and um, everyone remembers it fondly, yeah. even though it was so short-lived. So that... I've seen the first, like, three episodes of Firefly, and I like it, but I can definitely see... Well, you're talking to, like it's not yeah. perfect, yeah, but I'm willing to keep watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have do you have shows that be, besides or like so with Parks and Rec? If you um, recommend it, do you tell people to start at the beginning? I usually tell people to just power through the first like six yeah. episodes. Six is not because so bad. it's because, and I think only because it's not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I really like that uh that kind of exist in that way is there what about the flip side are there shows that you loved that really just you had to give up on before they were over yeah glee glee i I never watched glee but i've heard that really liked the first season of glee and i think it hit me at like the perfect Mm -hmm. time and age i i mean i watched it uh when i was a senior in college and i it was one of those things that I did a bunch of like theater and improv, uh-huh. so I had a bunch of friends did you who were do much singing. I I not like in college, never mm. not too much like organized. I did a little bit of musical theater, um, and I like kind of dipping my toes into things like that here in Chicago, but never on a consistent basis. Sure. Like I've never been in a glee club mm. or like uh, been on a musical improv team or anything yeah. like that. But like I like to sing and I like music. And uh, I was in, you know, like I was like, okay, like I'm going to at least give this a shot. And like I said, like I watched it with um, or I was in college. So we would like put it on in the on the projector in the theater. Like that was like how into the show we got. And that first season is really solid. It really is. Like I would stick to my guns and tell people that. Um, I mean, Jane Lynch is undeniable. Um, All the performers are pretty like there's a pretty consistent um like level of talent across yeah. the board in terms of singing and mostly acting uh-huh. um there's a storyline in the first season between uh the character kurt um gonna blank on the <laughs> the guy's name now and his father played by mike o'malley yeah where he's coming out to him for the first time and his father i mean his mike o'malley is playing essentially like mike o'malley yeah. <laughs> he's just <laughs> this real sporty dad and he kind of knows, but he was, like, glad that he told, you know. And it's this – it happens over the course of, like, two or three episodes, and it's really well-written and really touching. And I think it was probably super fucking important for a lot of the people watching that show to see, especially the level yeah. of popularity it got to. I got, like – Four episodes, maybe five episodes into the second season once I moved up to Chicago. And uh, maybe it's just because I was watching it in my living room yeah. by myself in a sad, cold apartment. Yeah. Um, You're like, I'm, it, not, I'm not there anymore. It was That's not me anymore. Awful. That's not, it's yeah. awful. Like, there are, there's an episode where they just do Britney Spears music that 
it's essentially a 20 minute music video. Oh, and boy. I was just like, I can't watch this show anymore. I can't. It sucks. I've heard that that's one of those heartbreaking shows. I don't know how soon it happened, but I've heard that's one of those shows that just became not even recognizable from what it was. I think, I think people, I think I was an early abandoner, which uh-huh. is definitely not my traditional, like watching, um, at least at the time, it certainly wasn't. I think now I've gotten pickier because yeah. I just like only have so much time. There's so much good TV now that I kind of have to make myself only watch things that are excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then with a, key, a few like guilty pleasures that I know I shouldn't bother with, but I sometimes <laughs> still get roped into something stupid that it's like. Every... What are you, yeah. Do you feel like there's a show you gave up on? Um, oh, I, I mean, the X-Files was a big one for me. Right. Um, I definitely, what else did I give up? But that there's still stuff in it that you would like wreck. I would still, I would say if I, if the person was like into musical theater or anything like that, that might give them an in into Glee, I'd be like, watch that first season. You don't have to watch anything after that, but it's really fun. And there's some good writing and performing in there. And then just like stuff. It just, every episode was like, Sue Sylvester shutting down the Glee Club. <laughs> oh, she didn't shut it down. Yay, we did it again. You know a show I gave up on that's actually interesting is another Ryan Murphy show. Uh, <laughs> um, how am I blanking? Oh, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Uh, which is kind of like a mess, but was like a delightful mess. It's a great concept. Yeah. What I think it's so interesting that he recreates... The show each season, yeah. and every especially the first season, where you know no one knew that it was he was going to do that, and so at the end of the first season, you're like, well, he's not. Well, I don't want to know how much. <laughs> to spoil. Uh, it's uh, I feel like TV has become so disposable now, but the first season uh, ends very uh, with a lot more death than you would expect sure. from an ongoing show. Sure, and there's some big names on that show. Exactly to the <laughs> point where you're like, how are they even going to keep? doing this show and then Without literally there was yeah. yeah then literally there was an announcement the next day like it's we're gonna you know it's an anthology series next season it's gonna be a completely I think that's different so show. interesting yeah and i i've watched i think i watched a couple episodes of the first season i watched at least three or four of coven and yeah, yeah it's an interesting mess <laughs> like yeah i mean the show any every given season and i, I would, read reviews and stuff yeah. of it too because that's <laughs> kind of like if anything that's my guilty pleasure surrounding yeah. american horror yeah. story is just like reading about the things that happen on it <laughs> well it's so great it'll always surprise you even and it'll almost never make any sense <laughs> but, uh, and you know that's a show where you I Lady would, Gaga is on it this season. I have, yeah. That I, in and of itself doesn't make sense. I jumped off after the cub after the mm-hmm. witches season. The first season was okay, but was good and then boring and then ended like blew my mind at the end. Okay. Then the second season was just crazy, just wall to wall crazy. It was literally asylum, wasn't An it? An asylum, yeah. And it, it was sort of, it had no cohesive sense, but <laughs> but I was just constantly seeing things I'd never seen before, and so that sure. was kind of fun. And that one ended surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. And then the next season, I think, was the witches one. And that I one I right. actually just found to be largely boring. Unwatchable. <laughs> like, I, lo- I was totally into the idea of it. Uh-huh. Um, but it really fell into this trap of, like, literally every... I don't mind spoiling this. Literally, ev- almost every character is killed at some point in the show Oof. and comes back to life. And so nothing I matters. It's just sort of like, why should that. I care? You can kill everybody and bring them... There's right no back. consequences. Yeah, especially because the whole the great thing about that show is that there can be consequences. Right. Like the fact that there's one season 
or every season is a new story means you can kill everybody and it can right. be shocking and fun. And that's, what's great about doing right. uh, an anthology. Series. So why not let the strength exactly. actually exist? Exactly. I was, I mean, not to give, have you seen any Luther or have you seen yeah, Luther? Yeah, I watched like, all Like, talk the about a thing that happens that you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I can't, this happened it, in the first season. There's yeah. a major death yeah. that affects the whole rest of the it's show. It's true. And I, that's one also, I think that first season is kind of better than everything that I agree. After. I haven't seen the most recent season yeah. because I tried to, like, I tried to pick it up and it just wasn't catching. Yeah. But the that, first season was amazing that first season is great amazing idris elba is just so good and then everything after that like the show it starts to seem a little bit silly but he's still awesome right so that's good about that Mm -hmm. the one the show right now that i just need to stop watching (laughs) is marvel's agents of shield i am literally into the third season of that show it has never been better than just okay see i was gonna bring up shield when we were talking about things people say, like, if you stick around through the first few episodes, it gets way better. Yeah. Because that was what I heard about the first season. I never tried watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into that thing enough. Sure. For it to be, I really like um, the guy who plays Colton. Colson, yeah. Colson, uh, sorry, I sorry. I'm blanking on his name, too. He's a great um, actor. He's great. I love that guy. Uh, uh, Clark Gregg or something like yes, that. Yes, you're right. Um, I think that's exactly it. Um I really like him. I like the movies enough to mm-hmm. see almost all of them. I still haven't seen all of Age of Ultron. I tried to watch that it when it bad. first that, like started streaming. I, as I said, I'm a big <laughs> Joss Whedon fan. I will say that movie is straight up bad. I heard enough people say that after it was in theaters that I was like, I'll wait. Yeah. You know, I might try watching it later. Like I said, not a huge fan. Yeah. I've watched an episode like out of context. Mm-hmm. Of, I think, the most recent season, whenever Kyle uh, uh, from Twin Peaks. Oh, Kyle McLaughlin. Whenever he's playing the villain, yeah, which yeah, I think is just la- the most. That was last season. Okay, yeah. maybe it was last season. I watched an episode out of context, and Arnie, I thought it was awful. It's so bad. Awful. Every, I was like, how do people watch Every this aspect of it is bad. The acting is mostly bad. Clark Gregg's character is so boring that they take like a great actor and make him really uninteresting. <sighs> Pretty much everybody's bad. The story is not that great. Kyle McLaughlin's performance was ridiculous. Kyle McLaughlin, like he was trying to have fun with it, but it wasn't that interesting. The effects are bad. And it's got that whole kind of awful ABC sheen, like that whole kind of like part of it is probably that like they have to put way too much money into special effects what, yeah, what they maybe. can so the special effects never look that great and then everything else just looks like this really just boring it's, sets that are just it just and yet bad. you still are watching every episode and yet i'm still watching it because every <laughs> once in a while it'll get just a little bit better like the end of the first season started to get better mm-hmm. never got great but it definitely got better mm-hmm. and then the second season i don't even know i think i've just literally Literally, I watch it now on my phone on the L. Because, really? Yeah, because that's that's hilarious. Like I'm just getting it over with, right? Basically, so like my D- that really yeah. does say a lot about that show. I have that new DVR where you can put your DVR onto your phone, mm-hmm. basically, and so I had that at some point in my yeah life here. So I was just like, all right, uh, I'll watch. I'll watch it on the L and. Even then, I still I'm still behind. <laughs> and the only thing keeping me going is I heard that there's an episode that's pretty good that I haven't watched yet, 
that takes place on another planet or something. I think <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, I will watch that episode. If I, if it's, if I don't really love it, then Closing I'm going to quit. I think it's interesting that they let things, uh, from the films yeah. influence the TV show. Is that yeah. What but it's always so half-assed like that. It's kind I mean, one, it's either characters you really don't care about. So it's like a minor <laughs> character, a minor character from Thor, like this, the female character from Thor, who's barely in the Thor movies, pops up every once in a while. Yeah. One, first of all, it doesn't affect anything, and second of all, it's like the most ridiculous. Like it always seems really weird. Like wedged in. Yeah, it reminds Ugh. me of bad eighties TV that d- doesn't That's really what make it, any when sense. When I watched that one episode out of context, it it yeah. looked, it felt like bad eighties yes. TV. But then also, it was exaggerated. The dialogue yeah. was bad. But then the funniest one was in the first season they had. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson on as Nick Fury a couple times, right? But it, clearly they had him for like seconds, and they they shot like just yeah, him with so, like yeah. a green screen behind him. So yeah, he's there for a second. You could tell they just they did one take, and like he never stopped moving, just walking in and out of the studio. But the best was it literally, and they tried to put him into the finale, like the action sequence in the finale. So they're like fighting people in a warehouse, and and Nick Fury just like steps out from behind like a pole and is like, "Hey!" and he shoots, and that's all practically <laughs> oh, it. No. Like I'm. I'm I'm not exaggerating, like, how ineffectual and silly it Dude, was. Dude, I'm sorry if you like that show, but... People it, try... People uh, People want it to be good because they think it's part of the whole Marvel Universe, which I'm starting to get really bored of. Just I am, and I can't tell whether it's just because I never super cared in the first yeah. place. Because I got sucked in because of the serialized nature. Like, you think, like, oh, if they all interconnect, there's something exciting about that. But really, it's kind of just a liability. It makes each individual thing less interesting because they're so beholden to each other. Yes. Which was a big an Age of Ultron. Like, Age of Ultron was just moving small pieces around, and it was... Setting things up. Yeah. And, uh, I... When you're when the thing you're most excited about going to see a movie is what the reveal is going to be at the end of the credits... That's, that's a bad sign. bullshit. It's yeah, a really bad that's sign. a that's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Like in in my opinion, um, <laughs> and I think I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I think it's worth mentioning. And it kind of goes back to that, like almost goes back to American Horror Story in the sense that, like, one of the most interesting things for me about all of these films and about TV in general is when things reinvent themselves. And I think that was what was so refreshing about Winter Soldier because mm-hmm. it felt like at yeah. least a different type of movie. Yeah. And I was really hoping that Ant-Man would be similar and that it'd just be, like, a hard comedy yeah. and, like, you know, super fun and great and you still get that action-y stuff. And I just didn't feel like it was that. It felt like yeah. a lot of the other I haven't Marvel seen stuff. Ant-Man yet. It's not worth it. That's what I've heard. I thought Winter Soldier was great. I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed Same. it. Same. Because it was like, yeah, they they married it with a cool different genre. And I love um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, excelled because no one had any expectation for it. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're 100% right about that. Uh, and similar to, you know, the Winter Soldier thing. You yeah, weren't, yeah. You weren't expecting it to yeah, be as good totally. as it was. Um, and it's also the most separate one. So it had, yes. It didn't have a whole lot sure. of work to do. And the stuff that does connect to the rest of the Marvel Universe is the most boring stuff in that movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't care about these Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the villain that we've seen for seconds in every movie. Right, it's exactly. like, oh, now he's got a bigger exactly. head. Exactly. <laughs> you don't even really care. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just having fun with the characters. And yeah. I mean, they have I to will tack not. On yeah, I definitely like reading those things afterwards, like where I'm like, 
tell me all the references. That's exactly what I, I had to do. That, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But maybe I could just go read a bunch of Wikipedia pages <laughs> and not see the movie. <laughs> maybe I could just watch a different, better movie and then do read we that just stuff make like later. a PSA? <laughs> I think so. Although the thing, the thing is though, like it's fun to talk about the negative stuff, but there, but there is still like it is still like ex- the thing I struggle with is that there's a lot of great, great stuff that I want to recommend. Like Twin Peaks is another one. Starts yeah. off great. Oh, I can't believe we haven't touched on that. Yeah. yeah. Starts off great. The first season is amazing. Um, but then it gets kind of bad. Um, like. how It was like two seasons two of Two seasons, yeah. Or? And the first season's very short. It's like eight episodes long. The second season is a full 20 episodes or I've something. seen the first one. And never got around to seeing the second one. The second one is mostly... I mean, there's some great stuff in there. But most of it's, like, comically bad. Like, really bad. Um, so... Well, so. how do we... Like, so... So I guess this is, like, a good example of what you're talking about. That you love the first one enough. That yeah. you, like, want to get people to watch it. But if the second... Well, and that's tough because it also, like, it actually ends pretty well. Oh, so that's right. another one where you're like, I could just say, just watch the first season, watch eight episodes. There's stuff after it. Don't worry. Doesn't about matter. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know you want to. I know you want to find out what all the mystery. I know you want to know all the secret reveals of everything. That's not what is important about this show. Right. The more anytime they try to explain something, it's always it's kind not of going to be yes. Which is actually, I think the brilliant thing about that show is that. David Lynch and Mark Frost, who created that show, actually weren't interested in solving the mysteries. They, they did reveal who kills Laura Palmer in the second season almost only because the network made them do it. Really? And for them, it was just like the mystery is always more interesting than the answer. Sure. And so they wanted to stay in the mystery as, as long as possible. Interesting. Um, and the show really does go downhill after they reveal it. <laughs> um, but then the the finale of the second season, without giving anything away, ends with like crazy amount of cliffhangers like almost everybody like it's because the show is essentially a soap opera yes so the second season ends with like everybody's life in crazy jeopardy in different ways and uh, especially what happens to the main character uh, and again i'm not going to give it away because even though i'm trashing it i want people to go and watch it sure the second season ends with one of the craziest best cliffhangers in television ever and that's what makes me excited that I was going to say another back. thing that is coming back. So you are so you're looking forward to that. What's the it is is it going to pick up where the second season leaves off? I haven't read too much about it. Uh, I think I think it can. I think most of the cliffhangers from the finale will not really matter that much. Some people will be alive, some people will be dead, and it will just be. 20 some years later and in the show you know the show has a lot of dream logic stuff and there's even right. a, a key line from one of the dream, important like prophetic dreams where a character says i'll see you again in 25 years and That's so right you know what's going on in this town in 25 years later and that is really interesting yeah um have you did you see the comeback on HBO, with I didn't, Kudrow. which I've heard cool things about. I never it's saw phenomenal. the original run of it. Amazing. I didn't see the comeback. I the only, comeback. <laughs> I only saw the first season when the second season came back because there was enough like 
interest yeah, um, yeah. in it, and uh, I'd heard great things. And they uh, also put like the actual time difference between the two seasons of the show. Oh, they yeah. like write that into the that's show, great. and it's really, really fascinating. I think that's. I think that this, that stuff is always more interesting. Like if you let time pass, there's more story. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a little interested in the X Files. Enough time. Like if you you know if you had done brought the X Files back a lot earlier i wouldn't have been that interesting but when did it wrap oh gosh it's been at least a decade i feel like um the show was on when i was in college which would have been you know the <laughs> late ni- the late 90s so oh. that was yeah uh but you know that's i mean this is okay let's put it in really nerdy improv terms you know uh if you're doing a herald uh you know in the first beat of scenes and then in theory you do the second beat of scenes you do a time dash to let something has changed in that time and so Mm -hmm. so time can add can add a lot to stories that's why a lot of tv shows when they start to flag will do a time jump between seasons well Mm -hmm. they'll just be like two years later Mm -hmm. and it often it's good it gets you out of like being stuck in the stories you're in before Mm -hmm. and you have new territory not really beholden to any of that you can you know write uh you can justify it with a line or or not Uh, i think that it seems like more and more things like that are going to happen just with the amount of it's crazy how many shows are coming back some of them have already disappeared again like coach was coming back that's what i was just about to bring up yep Yep, yep, Full yep. House, I guess, is still happening. Yes. Um, Fuller House. Fuller I think. House. Fuller House. <laughs> All right. That's clever. I, Ish. I'm curious. <laughs> Full House is also one, and maybe just because I wasn't really the exact right age for it when it came out. Full House is one that I watched a lot, but kind of hated. <laughs> it's a, um, not a very good show. Yeah. I, I think I watched it as a kid kind of begrudgingly. Like, yeah. it was never my favorite thing. But like we were talking about earlier, it was on. Yeah. And like if I went through the a few channels that I would watch with any consistency and that was where I landed, yeah. I'd watch it. Um, but it's not a very good show. Yeah. It's just not – it never was, but also like, you know, how far has uh, – But he, the question is, will you watch it? I don't think so. I think I might watch like an episode just to yeah. see – what it's like, but I don't see myself watching the I'm, whole thing. Yeah, I'm very curious to hear about it, to hear how it is. Mm-hmm. And I will probably, maybe, I mean, if I, it's on Netflix, right? I think mm-hmm. I'll probably maybe watch an episode, but maybe not even that. I might just watch some clips. I feel like I will be able to see some clips and be like, okay, I get absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely yeah. right, which is where I'm at. I'm like, I will probably watch an episode, but I could definitely see myself just seeing someone post like a clip from it. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I watched an episode of Girl Meets World. Um, That's another one that just did, like, Boy Meets World, I know, is so beloved by so many Boy Meets World was, like, I grew up yeah. with Boy Meets World. I was, like, almost, I was sim- maybe a little younger, but, like, similarly yeah, aged. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. Like, it was one of my favorite things. And uh, when they announced the show, I was, like, kind of interested, but yeah. mostly not. Um, because I think the show, its audience is, like, of the age that I was when the when Boy Meets World existed, yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched an episode and it wasn't bad. Yeah. And I think that the thing that it really captures is like the essence of what the, of what Boy Meets World was. Yeah. The female that they cast as um, Cory and Topanga's daughter is actually really good at like she has similar 
she's a similar like character and actor to uh ben savage yeah and i find that really interesting yeah. like that that it, because of that it kind of captures similar tones to yeah. boy meets world and it has the same like sean analogy best friend character um and they bring back characters from the old ones. And I've heard those episodes are really great. And I may eventually watch those. <laughs> but I don't have any – I don't have real interest in sitting down and watching the it's whole thing. It's tough for something like that. Like, on the one hand, just from, like, purely, you know, hypothetically because I never watched the show. <laughs> the thing I think is really interesting about them bringing that show back is it's it makes so much sense that, you know, the main characters are adults now and it's their kids. And that's the benefit of time. And it's, like, a really clever, interesting way to do that. I think that's awesome. But the problem with it is that show is very much for a specific age group. Yes. And so it's probably not going to be as entertaining to the people who watched that first one because They're... you're not that age anymore. It's not – this new show isn't really for you. It's, yes. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe they're I mean, trying. Yeah. It's it's really – I think about that a lot because there's – Goosebumps, the Goosebumps movie. Uh-huh. Who's that for? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, like that's exactly what I was thinking of recently. Where this kind of thing is yeah. concerned, rebooting things, and like, I, Goosebumps were fucking huge. Yeah. When like my generation was younger, but this movie is for kids. Yeah. And it's like, do kids know what Goosebumps books yeah, are? I don't know. Do they? Or so, is it their parents taking them? I do know that like toys are cyclical because. You know, when when people grow up right. and they have kids and they go to the toy store, it's like, oh, I had He-Man or I had My Little Pony. And so that happens that makes in sense. that way. But I don't know if Goosebumps. It seems like reading. It seems like books aren't cyclical in that way. Kids have moved on to other I can't stuff. see it either. Yeah. I can't see that being the case either. Uh, but, oh, but the one uh, last thing I wanted to say about the idea of shows coming back a long time later uh, is well the two things. One is so far none of them have been great that I've seen. Like Wet Hot American Summer, love the movie. The show wasn't bad, but it what it does it couldn't live up to the movie. Totally agree. Um, I've you know the show's tra- worth watching. Yeah. I think it has enough funny things yeah. in it that I enjoyed watching. It. Exactly, but I, it's I'm not. glad I saw it. Me too. Boy, but it wasn't amazing. I and I'm worried about the other ones coming up. But I but I think a lot about the British model of doing shows, and I just love the fact that you know they'll do. A season, or they call it a series, a series of the show. They'll do another series of the show, and they'll be like, "That's good. It's not over, but we're not going to do it for a few years." Yeah. And then it comes back, and some sometimes they go a really long time. Like I remember, I mean, absolutely fabulous seems to come back like every decade, really? or, so, or something. And it's kind of funny just to see those characters get older. Uh huh. Um, and the Arrested Development was not great. The Arrested no. Development TV series was also like it, w- w- there was enough entertaining stuff in it, but it was nowhere as good as the show it was. And they admittedly worked within a lot of like scheduling type yeah. constraints. But at the same time, there's just something interesting about like, I'm interested to see those characters every Absol- yeah. so many years. Me too. I mean, and there's another season that coming yeah, too, right? Yeah, supposedly. So, I mean, it, that was one where I almost wish it's like, I don't know if you've seen that documentary, the seven up series where, I've seen the first couple. Yeah, where they I've seen seven and fourteen. Yeah, where they start with these seven-year-old kids and they interview them every seven years. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that for TV shows. Fascinating. It's like let's these beloved characters. Let's see where they are. Seven I, years I really later. like that too. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I think the Brits get a, a decent amount more right in terms of just like 
not producing as much because if you do, odds are the quality is just not going to be there. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny to see the American television is more and more coming around to that model. Like, yes. Like not so much going away. Like if a show is successful, it kind of has to be on every year. Uh-huh. But the seasons get shorter and shorter, just like the British series are. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, I mean, there's going to be more Black Mirror eventually. And yeah, I know I'm not I'm the exci- only person who's like. I'm excited about that. Netflix, I think, picked that up. Actually. I think you're right. Yeah. That's right. But Netflix is just they're doing everybody good. <sighs> And and I know there's an inherent danger in that, too, because there are a couple of things that have been, like, canceled from network television that probably don't have much business being picked up by some yeah. other streaming service, um, yeah. but already have. Yeah, The Killing, right? That's a, yeah. Oh, yeah, The Killing, um, the, the Mindy Project, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind that it – like, great, good for you, but they picked it up for three seasons. Wow. Hulu did. Holy cow. And it's like, it didn't even last three full seasons before it got canceled on network television. Yeah. Like, what is, what are we doing? <laughs> I kind of wonder, I mean, Hulu, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that final season of Community that was on, what, Yahoo mm-hmm. or something? Like, I don't, didn't even Did you know. watch it? I didn't because, well, one, I was falling a little bit out of love with Community in general. Although I, I like the show a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even really know how to find it. I, know I, I could have. will tell you perfectly honestly, I downloaded all of it illegally because okay. I did not want to have to watch yeah. it on the Yahoo platform because yeah. it's terrible. Oh, I've, yeah. Also, I mean, if I could have just watched it on my, you know, on one of my video yeah. game consoles. Yes, that's the other if thing. If I could watch it on my TV. like I, I have access to like a PS3 and a Roku and I don't yeah. think I could have watched it easily on it either on of those things. Of, I've got like a, so many stupid devices that i can stream stuff to my tv but yeah I don't, and a chromecast yeah, yeah but i'm not gonna plug my computer into the tv and i just no. don't unless i'm on a trip i don't want to sit and watch something on my laptop it's it's definitely worth watching okay i will it's I absolutely, absolutely worth watching that's good i like i said didn't want to sit through watching it uh-huh. on yahoo so i totally understand yeah. people being adverse to that it's so worth watching. There's some really, really satisfying stuff oh, in there. Oh, that's good. I have never been someone to just wholeheartedly say every episode of Community is great. It's yeah, a perfect yeah. show. I think the show swings for the fences. Mm-hmm. When it hits it, it's like a beautiful home yeah. run. When it, it pops fly, it's hard to watch yeah. for me. Although, you know, it's funny. Community is one of those ones. Community totally fits into our, uh, you know, premise for this episode because it kind of doesn't start off great i kind of stopped watching i gave it the first couple episodes a chance and then i stopped watching it and then i came back because people were saying yes. that it was really good i agree i definitely don't i think it's another one of those things where you kind of have to get into the characters and the way they interact with one another yeah. and that certainly didn't happen at the top i've never loved jim rash's character or ken jong's for that matter yeah especially ken ken jong's am i saying that right but yeah his his character is He's a funny actor, but boy, they never knew what to do with that character. I agree. And they, they, they move him around a lot. They moved him around again in the final season. Or uh, I guess it's supposed to be the final season. Um, but there's so much other stuff to, to love yeah. about it that it, it's worth watching. Yeah, I definitely think community fits into that. I do. I, I do love, and you already said this, I love that show is just willing to really just go for it, especially yeah. like an emo, on an emotional level. Yes. I think those are, I think those are some of the most satisfying moments and there's a ton of uh-huh. that in That's that great. Yahoo season. Um, and I think the problem with when Harmon was gone, they knew they still needed that element 
but they did a lot of things that the show did not earn. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I don't think there was too much of that in the, That's good. In the last season. I'll definitely check it out. And I'm curious, like, I've heard that the actors that they introduced were pretty good. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, it, it's definitely, like, it takes you an episode or two to kind of be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is community now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Donald Glover was the best part of community yeah. consistently for yeah. me, or at least my favorite. Mm-hmm. So when he left, it definitely was a big blow. But yeah. I liked it that last season. There was I'm not really curious good to stuff see it. And you know, I actually liked. Um, well, I'm, I'm blanking on the actor's name. I liked when they introduced Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. I thought he did a surprisingly great job. And he he does really worked on that some show. more. I think he's in the the last season too. But I totally agree. Mm. Like it's it's definitely got a good eye for like who. Oh, Paget Brewster is someone uh-huh. that they added to. Um, the season for Yahoo, and she works very well That's in great. the equation as an actress, as a character. Um, they even like comment a little on how. Uh, I mean, it's community, so it's going to be self commentary, yeah, yeah. but they they definitely like. I think they handle it all really well. That's great. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, what do you feel like is ultimately the show that you like the most, but have the most trouble recommending to people? Well, <laughs> Twin Peaks is a very important show to me. Like, okay. as a kid, like, it really just blew my brain open. It did a lot like, of things no one's yeah. really done. Yeah, and it just, it did change television. Like, almost everything cool that I like on TV now you can can be traced back to Twin Peaks. Um, and it's just so weird. Like what? Um, just, re- like, really sort of bringing, um, bringing sort of the weird, crazy soap opera storylines into prime time. Cool. Also, um uh, real weird genre bending stuff. Um, and, uh, a lot of that. And, and also just, you know, every episode, it was not, it was totally serialized and not episodic in any way. Like every episode was just the next day, the next day, the next right. day. And so much TV is like that now, almost to a fault. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's very exciting. The thing that hasn't really been replicated is just that show, the t- there's no real way to explain it. The tone of that show is so strange, <laughs> and uh, and that's why I'm excited to see it back on TV and to kind of see what it does. But again, like it's hard to recommend, and also it's kind of maybe dated. Yeah, the I only think reason a little bit I, of it is. The only reason I can recommend it now is like it's coming back. So right. It's like if you want to be on this train. Yeah, and just to be like, you know what? People are going to be talking about it. Either they're going to be talking about how awesome it is <laughs> or how it really shit the bed. I don't know if I can curse or not. Oh, you can say whatever uh, the fuck you want. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, it's a season and a half to watch. Uh, to be part of that conversation that's probably going to be a real fun conversation when it happens. Right. I th- and I think I think when it starts back, especially if things feel good mm-hmm. about where it's coming back, I'll probably have to sit down and watch the second season and, yeah. and catch up on that. And, there, you know, the first – you know, there's a lot – there is a lot of good stuff in the second season. And also the bad stuff is so – so bad that it's kind of enjoyably bad. Okay, okay. There's some enjoyably bad, really stupid stuff in the second season as well. That's good. That's a good way to look at it because there's definitely a different, like, glee, I think, is a thing where people kept watching it because they got enjoyment out of, like, how campy and bad. And same with um, American Horror Story. Ryan Murphy. We should just, like, (laughs) give it the... That's his his, uh, his (laughs) thing. That's what he's aiming for, I guess. Um, 
But yeah, I so there's definitely a difference between it just not being a very well made TV show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Dollhouse is one that I always want to recommend, but I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Um, okay. How do you feel like your love of uh, television and specifically things that don't feel um, consistent throughout or hard for you to recommend to people? How do you feel like all of this so we've been talking about really influence you, influences you as a creative person mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of your life in general? Well, it definitely influences me as a creative person because I do – I love serialized story mm-hmm. so much even though there's so many pitfalls to it. And so, you know, um, I'm always, I, those are the ideas creatively that I'm always really interested in. Um, this is going to weirdly segue into a plug for my own podcast. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I was really excited about, I have a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern, and I was just so excited about finding ways to introduce a serialized story into just a chat podcast, just like sure. this. Um, because I love podcasts, but it was like, what if the story came in through the side door and, and, and just kept kind of going on and on. And I just, I find that really fascinating. I just like the idea of like content world building basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I mean, if you, if you want to show that does great world building, you should definitely check out Hello for the oh, Magic <laughs> And I'm so excited for us to eventually start to get really bad. Like, <laughs> no, I'm joking, but, but yeah, that's my fear. Like if we fit the theme of this podcast eventually it's gonna get it's gonna i mean i've been doing this show for over two years i know there are episodes that aren't very good (laughs) and through no fault of my guests of course always through mine own um but yeah i mean when you do a thing for long enough that's true (laughs) especially like yours serialized i uh, know i'm curious i think the thing i want to be open to change i think sometimes things get bad because especially with comedy things get bad when you just become a parody of yourself sure and your characters just you know kept keep becoming bigger versions of their ticks right and catchphrases right which is very <laughs> which is well, if there's ever a show that's in I, danger of that it's hello from the magic tavern but hopefully finding ways for us to evolve <laughs> and being open to changing and like finding new stuff right right you don't want like you know two years down the road for chunks up with that to still be a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably it probably will, but hopefully, like we yeah, I don't we, see like, that changing. We definitely, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that will never change. But you know, like we don't talk about buttholes as much as we did. But, you know, there is definitely a run of ten episodes where it was almost all butthole talk, right? And now nary a butthole mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it's been that's very true in yeah. the last like month or so. Yeah. Not as much buzz stuff. That's uh, yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, we really do think uh, we try to make every. Ep- it's funny, like also talking about dramas. We, we do try to make the show kind of episodic right now, but we're sort of trying to think of like let's sort of ramp into there've some more some, interesting stuff. Yeah, there've definitely been some like minor through lines. Yeah, you we know, kind of were really fighting hard at one point on the show. We try to go back and forth between really ramping up serialized storytelling, but then also pulling it back and being like. You know, this, let's make this an episode that anyone could jump in and sure. try to catch up on. Sure. And you definitely do a good job as a host of trying to, like, insert tidbits where people might not fully be able to climb on board immediately. Yeah, that's in my In a way job. that's not cloying if you are a regular listener. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, my job is to just, I guess, be the audience surrogate and sure. really try to make things make sense and try to be inviting so i don't maybe necessarily get to have as much fun as matt yeah. as the wizard or adel as the badger but 
hopefully I serve my role in keeping everything together and running smoothly. Certainly that. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, you, you said earlier, um, you guys do record more than once at a, more than one at a time often. Yeah. We usually record about three episodes in a row. Do you find that there might be like a three episode arc of oh, sorts yeah. as oh, a result absolutely. of that? Oh, absolutely. And if that's kind you, of an interesting thing to think about in terms of television too. Yeah. It's like, what are the writers working on at the time <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, we, you know, we think about, it's not even necessarily always intentional. We do think out little arcs here and there, and sometimes it makes it easier to do them in one session. Mm-hmm. The thing that definitely happens when you're recording three episodes in a row is you want to do everything callbacks. is at the top of your head. So like, you're definitely doing callbacks to the episode before. Um, and so, but that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's actually kind of works out really well so that, you know, for three episodes, we'll remember everything oh, and yeah. then we'll have a couple weeks off and it kind of refreshes it's a, a little good bit. reset. Man, so, yeah. Like, we'll kind of remember some of the callbacks, but we won't be as overburdened with as many callbacks. And so. you won't be, and you won't be like overloading it as much exactly. as you may if it was uh you know everything was really rushed yeah. into to so it always seems like time. we're really good at remembering everything but we only have to remember <laughs> we remember for like an hour and a half yeah, two hour, or hour maybe half. like two hours <laughs> yeah and then the next then, the, then when we come back a month later it's like we remember a little bit of stuff but right. it, it seems like we're smarter though but we there's are. a nice you know you can always go back and listen to stuff if yeah, you really feel like absolutely. you're, you're and we have good. a fan made wiki too that we sometimes uh, check out which is kind of fun that's awesome um how do you feel uh like so i know that uh you're married and you have a young daughter a daughter yeah um how does how do your tv habits affect that like does sarah oh, it's watch more vice a lot versa. of the same it's stuff more or? it's more that that affects my tv habits like oh I, sure sure i sure. really i i went from being someone that watched way too much television <laughs> to just to someone that doesn't I mean I really have to choose what I watch very carefully, which is why it's a crime that I'm still watching Marvel's <laughs> Agents of Shield. Stop! It's crazy. It. So you like, could be watching something else on I the know. train. <laughs> I, exactly. I get to watch. I get to watch probably like 45 minutes of TV a night, uh-huh. if that. Uh-huh. Which is so like. I don't know why that sounds it feels like, like guys. My life is so only hard. Forty five minute, right, right, right. Um, right, right. But well, I don't. Know, I'm more national- of a like binge and purge kind of TV. <laughs> like I'll watch like yeah. two or three hours in one night and then go a few days. Yeah, we. Yeah, I basically pretty consistently I'll maybe watch about a half hour to forty five minutes of TV a night, and that's kind of it. Does Sarah like a lot of the same things that you do? Yeah, for do the most know? part. That's I good. mean, sometimes we'll force each other to watch stuff, <laughs> or like you know, our mutual half interest will egg egg each other on. Like I don't know why we're still watching Downton Abbey, but we're oh. we keep flipping back and forth between one of us wanting to watch it, so we. We stick with it, even though that's another that's one that we should quit. Pretty inconsistent. I I stopped watching at some point, and uh, I like found out that something happened between one of the main characters uh-huh. died in between, like I think in a Christmas special or at the end of a season. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I think I know. What you're yes, about, right? and I didn't watch anything after that because I was like pretty disappointed that I found out about it in that way. Yeah. <laughs> There's a season where a bunch of actors just wanted to leave, and so there are a lot of not mm. not not like um, organically story led deaths or just kind of out of left unceremoniously. Field deaths that are yeah, kind of I really like the Anna and the um, Butler storyline. Yes, Bates, Mr. Bates. Yes, that was like one of my faves, if not my favorite thing about the Uh show in the first couple seasons. 
Um, and I just love that little Irish uh, guy who used to work for them, but then like married one of the, the youngest oh, daughter or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. she bit it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was super sad. But those were some, like uh, some of the only things I really yeah, yeah. liked about it when I did watch it consistently. Yeah, that show, it was so f- it was such a breath of fresh air when it started. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm still watching it. <laughs> We still have the Christmas special from last year sitting on our DVR. And, and he never got around Every to once in a while when we sit down to watch something, we're like, should we watch the Down Abbey Christmas special? And then we're just like, no. Yeah. Isn't it funny how some things really do get delegated to that? Because yeah. I, I definitely feel that way about like some TV and sometimes with even with like podcasts, I have to convince myself to stop listening to it. Yeah. But, uh, I listen to a lot more podcasts anymore than, than I watch TV. And I'm also kind of trying I'm getting to the same place as I did with TV where it's like, I just got to stop. I got to cut a bunch of stuff out. There's nothing I've got to stop listening to stuff that's still very good, but that I maybe just don't need in my life anymore. I I got 14 episodes into um, Welcome to Night Vale. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't think this show is for me. <laughs> like, and, and I could totally see why people yeah, love it. Yeah. But I wasn't enjoying it. And I just, I just stopped. And it was very... I had, a, Freeing. <laughs> I had a similar thing. I did real. I did like it, and I've heard that there's like a very pivotal episode that kind of changes everything. That, really, where it really gets good, like where it, it kind of takes it up to the next level. And I've heard that I literally stopped listening the episode before. It really, that. I'm sure so I, I didn't make it back. to that. Yeah, if you. Uh, because you probably got farther than I did. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. And there's nothing wrong with there's that. There's nothing wrong with it. That. It's, still doing all right. it's doing all right without They're doing fine. Exactly. <laughs> they wrote a book. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's funny, actually, when I would listen to it, I'd be like, I'd kind of rather read some of this stuff oh, than listen to it. I think there is a lot of merit to that, too. Yeah. Um, well, it's as good a place as any to cap it off. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with Thanks me. Thanks for having me. It was really great. This was absolutely great. Um, and um, I think it's definitely a good lesson for people to be like, hey, you don't you don't have to keep doing that thing. Yeah. You don't have to. We don't need things to be, things don't have to be great from beginning to end. Right. Stick with what, what you like and it's, it's all right. The shows will be okay and, if you leave them. And there's enough, like you were saying before, there's enough like buzz about things nowadays yeah. where you might pick something back up. Absolutely. And enjoy it then. Totally. Cool. Thank you so much. I love you and I mean that, Arnie. Oh, I love you too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.